<laughs> Happy day, Jen. Happy day, Andrew. It is such a beautiful day to be it's at a coffee shop with you. Gorgeous. It's uh like 70 degrees and sunny. Yeah. We First had, week of November. We had the option of recording in a studio or outside, and every opportunity we can be outside, I'll take it. Exactly. Uh, so what's going on in your world? What's going on in my world? It's Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, a lot. So there is a lot going on. Um, let's see. I, uh, my husband is traveling out of the country, and my oldest daughter is out of town. And historically, that has left me a very anxious person. Mm. Um, but I've learned how to manage that, where I'm a little less anxious. How have you learned to handle that? Mm, I'm glad you asked. Um, it's almost as if we had rehearsed this. But we, <laughs> we, we, we did haven't. it. We did it. Um, recognizing like my triggers for anxiety, and one of them being the, like the sole person responsible for the house not catching on fire <laughs> and the kids being okay. So, just knowing that like that has historically caused trigger me to be anxious recognizing it and knowing that um, through my meditation practice and all the tools my tool belt for shutting up my anxiety i put them into use more so like i'm the whole toolbox is out on the table now and mm. so you're just, not worried about the house burning down because that's kind of a I mean, it's possible, right? But it's yeah. kind of an irrational fear. Yeah. Unless you've had a lot of fires at your house. No, no. So I mean, I've, I've met your, your kids. It's could, quite, possible. quite possible. Quite possible. <laughs> so where before I would lay in bed like, oh my God, I didn't lock all the doors. I didn't turn off the stove. Now I just go down. I look and wait. It's done. It's done. It's handled. <laughs> go to bed. Love it. Well, let's jump into that today. Again, this is the podcast. My anxiety. <laughs> no, it's not. That's, a, that's an ocean too deep for too us deep. to swim. Yeah. But we'll, uh, I think we'll talk about um, anxiety, triggers, uh, and all of those things on our episode of No Expectations, the podcast. So, again, what we do here is unrehearsed, unscripted, if you couldn't figure that out by now. <laughs> hanging on with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just like to have spiritual conversations uh, in a real authentic uh, manner and just we like to spend a lot of time at coffee shops yeah because we feel like we do our best work here Absolutely. at least I do I don't know what you've been doing how you feel about your work yeah and the more caffeine you put in me the, a little bit better I get mm. <laughs> the face I just got wow so needs um, improvement so we think of <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and skip right over that. We need a, a fast forward button today. <laughs> <laughs> my rant card, I left in my rant card in my other pants. Um, so we think about triggers in a um, spiritual practice. Um, and probably spoken about this on another episode of the podcast, but the, the word Shenpa, which is a Tibetan word, we use in, in the Buddhist practice. There's really no direct uh, translation to English um, about what that, that word means, but it's the idea of, we kind of think about it as a, like a physical fish hook. Um, 
And if we think about a hook, uh, it, it lands in our body, if we will, and, um, and where that takes us. So we think about something that happens in, in our life, our day-to-day -day experience with something that maybe agitates us, and there's already kind of like a, a predetermined pathway, you know, uh, uh, where, where this stimuli is going to lead us. So if, let's say, I'm standing in line in front of somebody at the coffee shop, and they're taking a really long time to place an order, like, oh, I don't know what kind of coffee I want. Maybe I start to get anxious, like, you know, and so or, the hook has landed. Yeah. It's already in my body, and I'm already thinking, like, where this thought process goes. So it goes from Andrew being calm and patient, patiently waiting for his cup of coffee, but this person in front of me has agitated me, and now I've gone into this, like, this place is the worst. I never want to come back to this coffee Just shop order your Just order coffee. your coffee, for God's sake. How difficult can it be, right? So it's like noticing cause and effect. Mm -hmm. I think. So, uh, and in, in our mindfulness practice, what we want to do is start to realize before the hook lands, right? <clears throat> to notice that so that we can change the, the narrative, if you will, change the path of that, what that emotion will turn into. Yeah. So like in, in my case, knowing my husband was going to be traveling, he booked this trip a while back. I knew at that moment that's going to be a hard week. Right. And my mindfulness, my my practicing of it, allowed me to be in a space where, all right, it's going to be hard. Here's how you prepare for this this event so that the triggers don't send you in a spiral of uh, negative emotions. It's not always negative. It could be, you know, it could hype you up. It could, it could be anything, right? <clears throat> And it's also just kind of like um, not letting the expectation rule the day either, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But it's being aware of that. So it's kind of like this pre-awareness, which people are like, man, it's hard enough to be aware all the time. You're asking me to be pre-aware? You want me to tell the fortune, tell well, the future. Tell, not to tell the future, but just like <laughs> notice it before it hits. Um, I, uh, so not to make it a personal that was a great personal anecdote you just gave there about like what it's going to be like if your your partner's out of town and the, the responsibilities that are laid upon you. I think about it, it as um, I had a, there was a class I used to teach, uh, stuff vinyasa class, and every once in a while I would just mix it up. And I'd have a lot of really strong asana practitioners who would come to the class, like very strength, you know, strong people, knew their work, could do all the asanas that I asked them to do. And so every once in a while I would just wild card it. I would show up and I'd play a, a whole hour of punk music in the background just to see if we could really, where was the strength? Was it, was it physical or was it mental? Or were they just so used to, you know, just this ethereal music playing in the background that like they were just kind of in their zone. Mm -hmm. So on occasion I would play something that was completely off base to test their mental fortitude. Playing the Sykes Pistols in a yoga class, okay? <sighs> you got that straight. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> okay. All right. It, not so. Not not. But to, how distracting. Like in a. Well, that's how I. That's when I my personal practice. That's how I would do it. Right. I have my playlist is loud and is aggressive. Ooh, you should share your playlist. No, no absolutely mine. not. <laughs> because it turns into white noise for me. Yeah. Because it's mental training. So, show up to this class. Tell them, hey, we're gonna we're gonna mix it up today. 
we're going to play a bunch of punk, whatever. And all the people who are usually really strong in asana practitioner, or practitioners, they start to like kind of wilt under this loud music, you know, like playing the Sex Pistols, the Idols, the Ramones, all of this stuff is just going on and they're like struggling, right? People who are usually very strong with balance work are kind of all over the place because they're their mind's not there, right? They're focusing on the aggressiveness of the music or just that the music's different or whatever. Yeah. And at the end of one of the, that class, the lady who had been coming to my classes for a long time, she gets up, angrily rolls up her mat, leaves, goes, finds my boss and starts yelling at my boss. Wow. Like, he played rock and roll high school in that class and I'm upset about that. And... uh my my boss was like, why are you upset about it? Well, you know, my boyfriend used to play that song all the time when I was in high school. And, you know, I, now I had to think about him for an hour because he played that song. And... Poor thing. Oh, poor. <laughs> I gotta empathize with her right I now. I get it. But, you know, again, it was about the idea of putting yourself into that position where not everything is in your control. Mm -hmm. And noticing before it lands, like if you heard the first, you know, two bars of rock and roll high school, you knew where this was going to go. So why'd you give yourself away to it? Yeah. Why'd you lose your entire hour because of that? So learning to kind of accept it for as it is, but learning to take it and point it in a different direction because you know where it ends up going. And if you continue to kind of create that path with it all the time, you're going to end up in negative space. Mm. Okay. And, and you don't want to have an unhappy reaction to the Ramones Rock and Roll High School, do you? Yeah, no. I mean, punk is not dead. And, like, I'm sorry for anyone who can't get through a yoga class. Because of Rock and Roll High School? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we run through it all the time, though, right? But, yeah, I mean, because, like, I mean, you know, the... That goes back to the whole expectation, though. If you walk into a space like a yoga class you have an expectation and you you changing up that expectation is like a little lesson and removing your expectations or like what to do when something doesn't go as you had expected or had right so and then i think you're up against the choice <clears throat> and for that woman she never came to my class again because of that experience you think she went and stalked her ex-boyfriend? I don't know. <laughs> she was certainly not listening to the Ramones as well, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, so, like, you, like, that's that's sad that, you know, someone could change up the yoga practice or what you can find in a yoga asana class when your expectations aren't met. Right, but it's it's more, you know, so we, if we take it out of the yoga studio and off the mat and put it in real life, so what are we going to do? Are we not going to face it? Are we always going to look away? So the way that we train ourselves into to deal with that mindfulness, that pre-awareness, is to continue to expose ourselves to it a little bit. Because mm -hmm. we can't we can't change the path if we don't expose ourselves to it, right? How do you actively expose yourself to well, it? Back to the coffee shop analogy. If I quit drinking coffee, that's a way of not exposing myself to it, right? Yeah. If I never stood in another line in my life, 
that's a way of not exposing myself yeah. to it. You know, I mean, I remember reading an article about uh, this this um, this woman who was afraid of taking left turns when she was driving her car. So she spent her entire life, like she would map out her path to only right. take rights. That seems to yeah. be a bad way to live your life. Deeply rooted. And, and also it just seems like you end up in a circle. Yeah. So. I like to call going around my elbow to get some ass. <laughs> <laughs> we can fast forward. Jen, Jen's, <laughs> Jen's just blurting stuff out now. Sorry. <laughs> but no, I you have to you have to go back there, and I'm not I'm not saying like if it causes you trauma, like in that in that instance, if, if that woman was that traumatized by the song, then um, you know it doesn't mean you put yourself into that ugly, scary space all the time. Yeah. But you know, putting yourself slowly back in there and training yourself to tr to try the behavior differently. Uh mm huh. -hmm. And see what the outcome looks like. Yeah, I don't think you can you can actively do that or plan for that without a very strong mindfulness routine and ritual because it is in those moments where you've trained yourself to not just recognize but know how you responded before and how you can do it so it doesn't negatively stir you or impact you or those around you. Right. It just takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work and then you know, quite honestly, that's what the exercise is about. Yeah. Um, because it's not a, you're never going to be in a perfect situation to sit and meditate or sit and do your mindfulness mm -hmm. work, right? We, you know, we live in a world that's constantly bombarded with all sorts of stimuli and we're like expected to always be mindful and always be patient and always be compassionate. It's difficult. We're human beings, right? Oh, yeah. But the more we, more we, work in a, maybe a closed environment where we can like you're sitting on your mat in a room where the temperature's right and the music's nice and mm -hmm. all that stuff that's a way in but the more we do we take away the music we take away the comfortable room we remove the mat we remove the sitting part right so we can become mindful mm -hmm. in everyday life that's the practice so we could eventually, if you wanted to just sit your butt down in the middle of Hartsfield International Airport and meditate, undisturbed, you certainly could. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's a goal that anyone should try to do. Yeah. But those are the things that we're working on. Absolutely. And understand that you're going to fall down and you're going to go back to those old pathways on occasion. And that's okay, too, because being aware of that being aware falling is, down is important yeah absolutely and knowing like every time you find yourself me personally i find myself aware of my triggers of what stirs me um is just one step in the direction of healing from that that cause or um doing things differently and changing you know my reaction changing the outcome and sometimes it's beautiful yeah. Sometimes it's just insignificant, too. Like, we think, where's the big transformation? Where's the, <laughs> where's the big transformation? I was so kind to the person to me to traffic. Yeah, why, and, where's and my Still, why did you parade? give me the bird? <laughs> right. Yeah. Why did you give me the bird? I, you know? So, you, you can't, that's the thing you, again, that's an expectation. Like, yeah. I was nice to you. Why aren't you nice to me? Well, that, you can never live like that. That's, that's impossible because 
who knows what's going on in their mind, mm -hmm. like in their human condition. So again, Shempa is like the idea of like, let's get ahead of it a little bit. Let's know it before it lands. It doesn't mean we hide away from it and avert ourselves from it. We need to kind of face it. And like we all struggle with it. Um, but giving yourself that opportunity, play with it. And then you may be surprised mm -hmm. that you, you've, you've start to build new pathways and you start to um, not let the hooks land. Or if yeah. they do land, they don't mean as much to you. Right. And then maybe rock and roll high school is a whole lot more enjoyable now. A lot more enjoyable. <laughs> what else you got today? I, I, that was, that was pretty good. You think so? I think so. Okay. But again, we, we plan this so perfectly. Yeah. I think we're always doing great work. You're doing great work. You're doing great work. I'm glad we're doing this great work together. <laughs> Amen. 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 What else you got for me today? Nothing? Um, nope, I don't have much. All right. Well, if you got any questions for us, feel free to uh, you know, message us on all the socials. We're on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who has sent um, questions or thoughts or ideas either to podcast or future podcast. We really appreciate the feedback. Yeah. Have a great day. You too.